I'm going to share with you two important reasons why you need to be in church, and there's plenty of them. Today is Back to Church Sunday, so I want to talk a little bit about that. You know what the, the greatest resource is on earth? It's not oil. It's not gold. It's not food. It's not money. Look around. There it is. It's people. The greatest resource on earth is people. And we like to say here, and I, I heard a speaker named Dale Bronner say this, I don't know, six or seven years ago. He said, the answer to every problem is a person. How many of you have had a person be an answer to your problem? I remember my first job on Wall Street when I was making 90 bucks a week, and it cost me 70 just to get there. My friend, who I hadn't talked to in years, called me up and said, there's a job on the trading floor. Before he could finish saying, I was like, I'm there tomorrow. One phone call, one person changed my life. How many of you are married here? Did your spouse change your life? For the better, right? Amen. Listen, I know your life was drastically changed. But it was for the better, right? Amen? <laughs> Let me tell you something. The church is the, are the people that God has sent to you. It, it really just blesses me to hear that people fellowship, that people become the answer to each other's problems. I was sharing in the first service how Pastor Kev was making a career change. He got a job doing solar. And uh, because of that, some people here have, they're making money on their energy. Raise your hands right now. All right, that's the last plug I'm giving for Trinity Solar here. But the fact was, is he was the answer to a problem. And then there was a young man in our, in our church who needed a job, and Pastor Kev said, oh, they're hiring over at my company. And this young man got a job there, and he's prospering away. Amen. How many of you, has someone in church affected your life in a positive way, got your job? How many of you have met your spouse in church? How many of you left that church because you're best of your spouse there? No. <laughs> How many of you hope to meet your spouse in church? That's a great place to meet a spouse. Hey, raise your hand, ladies. Go ahead. Let them know where you are. Come on. Guys, raise your hand. No, don't do it. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You single Christian men, you're valuable. You're like gold. All right, that's it. I I'm done. Single Christian men, stand to your feet right now. Don't be shy. Stand up. Stand up. Single Christian men, stand up. Come on, stand up. Don't be shy. Come on. Stand up. Come on. Come on. Ladies, get those iPhones out. Get the iPhones out. I saw some woman in the front row here going like this. Tall, tall. You don't realize how valuable you are. Hallelujah. Listen, God will send you. He'll send you somebody. Look here with Elijah. 
1 Kings 17, 8, the word of the Lord came to Elijah and he said, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose, he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called her and said, bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called her and said, also bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So he asked her for a cup of water first, and then he says, now stretch a little further. Elijah represents, represents back then what God was doing in the land. He was God's prophet right there. She was providing for God's work. See, God has called you into his church, into his kingdom, to provide for his work. You are called to come into the church, but you're called not to come and just bring a glass of water. <laughs> See, there's a lot of people that come to church with the hand like this. Yeah, I'm here, but I'm not all in. Yeah, say amen. People bouncing from church to church. They come in the back row waiting for somebody to offend them so they can cut out. Trust me, whatever church you go to, somebody there is going to offend you. Just say, just say amen. amen. Somebody in here right now is offended by something that happened this morning. Come back. <laughs> you know, you went to the coffee shop, you asked for a latte and you got a regular. You know what I'm saying? Or you walked in and the usher was shaking somebody's hand and didn't pay you any mind. Or that, that friend that you made at church was talking to some other people and didn't even notice you coming in. People are just, listen to me. Either you're in or you're out. There's no in-between. So he says, bring me a glass of water. She's like, oh, yeah, a glass of water, no problem. Now give me what you got. As a matter of fact, give me half of your life, what you have left. Because she said, after I make this bread, I'm going to go die. She was in a, in a really, and you know, it's funny, like, you'll come to church and it'll be like, we want you to serve, we want you to do that. You'll be like, you don't understand. You don't know where I am. You don't know my situation. Oh, yes, God does. Because the answer to your problem is a person, listen, the greatest resource, look around you. This is resource, resource, resource. I love meeting new people. I want to hear what they're doing. I want to learn from them. You could ask my wife, there's nothing I like more than meeting somebody new. Because they might be an answer to a problem. They might be the one that's going to rise up and start the food bank or start this ministry or start that ministry. Because I know God will send people here to provide for his work. That's what he does. Now, it says that he commanded this woman to help his work on earth, to help Elijah. But nowhere do we see where this woman says, I heard from God. I came out here. She was just doing her daily business. And Elijah, see, it's a setup. It's a divine appointment that you're here. You're called to do something for God in his church. You, see, <laughs> we're always thinking about what the church could do for us. But it's more important what you can do here. And it doesn't matter who you are and what you have or where you are in life. There's something you can do. 
And God will use that to bless you for the rest of your life. Listen, you'll never really live until you're walking in the calling God has for you. He has gifted each one of you uniquely. It's a setup. It's not a coincidence that you're here today. It's a God incidence. But will you just get the cup of water, and then when Elijah asks you to go get some bread, will you say yes or will you say no? Will you go all in? How do you think the Giants won that last Super Bowl? It's always a miracle when the Giants win a Super Bowl. Because otherwise, they, they just rip your heart out. But one day they all got in a room and they took poker chips. Now, they don't gamble, the Giants. The Cowboys gamble, okay? The Patriots gamble. Cowboys, uh, I mean, Giants, no, no, no. They took their poker chips and they said, we're all in. We're all in. Where are you? Are you all in or are you halfway in? Are you a half-stepper or are you all the way into what God is doing? You know what? She made a decision. I'm all in. You know what? I'll give you what I have, even if it's a little bit. And you might think you only have a little to offer, but I'm here to tell you, your little can go a long way. This Rikers Island spending, drug dealing, high school dropout, and everything else is the pastor of this church, and you're here listening to me. I, you know what I did when I first got saved, when we got to church? I just jumped all in. I'm all in. What, what do you want me to do? I'll do it. Well, we could use an usher. I'll usher. We could use somebody to set up the sound system. I'll do it. We could use somebody to store the sound system in their house. Use my garage. Before you knew it, I was doing way too much in that church. <laughs> I really was. But you have to understand something. I'm about that. I'm all in. I'm either in or I'm not. How many of you like that? It's like you're either giving 110 or you ain't giving nothing. But when you're half in and you're half out, you might as well be out. You might as well bounce to the next church and ruin that one. Oh, keeping it real. Keeping it real. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather real? Or you want me to tell you how great you are? And you are great. And God does love you. But you are called to do something. He sent Elijah to this woman. And she said, as the Lord your God lives... I don't have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. She said, as the Lord your God lives, Elijah. Look, there's people that come to church that don't know God. They see him as your God. There are people here today that don't know God. They're coming to see who our God is. Let's show them that we're all in with our God. Let's show them that we're not halfway in and halfway out. That with everything and all we have, we serve the Lord. And you'll see it downstairs because you'll see how our events committee is all in. They don't do anything halfway, man. They do it right. And that's why I like them. She says, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple sticks that I may go in and prepare for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. You might be at the point of your life where you feel like you got nothing left and nothing to live for. But I'm here to tell you, if you give your little bit to God, he'll give you all his to you. How many of you want all of what God has for you? Are you willing to give that little bit you have? 
do not fear. Go and do as you have said, he said. Don't fear. Right now, I want you not to be afraid of anything. I want you not to worry about the situation you're in. I want you not to worry about how much you have or how much you can give or how bad your marriage is or how bad your kids are or how bad your family is. Stop fear right now. And go and do as you have said and make a small cake from it first and bring it to me. So Elijah says, before you even feed your son and yourself, bring to me first. Whose priority in your life is God priority? In Haggai, God got mad at the Israelites because their houses were all fixed up real nice, but his church, his, his temple was falling apart. And he said, your priorities are all wrong. Now, praise God, this place ain't falling apart. Praise God, we love this church. We're making a priority in our lives. You see this beauty? That's because we care about the house of God. We put our time and our effort into it. Listen, let me tell you something. You're not in a church where the leadership isn't all in. We're all in. We dove in. We're soaked in it right now. Where are you? Hmm. Seek first what? His kingdom and his righteousness and everything you need will be added unto you by him. Even with your little bit in your crummy situation, if you're willing to go all in with God, he'll go all in with you. And how many of you know, that's one beautiful exchange. Your little bit for his everything. He gave his own son for you. How much more would he give you every spiritual blessing? How many of you would give your child away for somebody? It says here that he, how much more if he would give his son? Would he not bless you with every blessing? Amen? You got to think about how generous your God is. And it says here, he says, this is what the word of God is to you. If you bring it to me first. The flower will not run out. Your oil jar will not run out. And so she went and she did according to the word that she heard. You know what doing what you hear is called? Wisdom. My son Joey, he's in uh, Hillsong Bible College in Australia. <laughs> he was Skyping us last night, and my other son Joshua was on the phone with him. And he was talking to Joshua, and he said, Joshua, do you know what knowledge is? And Joshua said, yeah. And he said, Joshua, wisdom is taking that knowledge and doing it. And he said, Josh, do you want wisdom? Joshua said, yeah, and he said, okay, let's pray, because God says if you pray and ask for wisdom, you'll have more than enough. So they prayed for wisdom. Listen, it's not enough just to know something. It's to have the wisdom to actually do it. It's one thing to say you're going to serve. It's one thing to say you're going to be all in, because I've heard it a thousand times. But those that do it according to the word, guess what happens? The bin of flour was never used up, and the jar of oil never ran dry. When you provide for what God is doing, he will provide all your needs. When you provide for what God is doing, he will provide all your needs. When you provide for what God is doing, he will provide all your needs. You will live abundantly from this day forward to eternity. 
If you'll just give the little bit you have, if you'll just do the little bit you can do. When I first got saved, ushering was a little bit I could do. I could just stand there and look good. <laughs> kind of like our usher right now. You see him back there? You see our ushers back there? Don't they look good? That's all they do. They just stand there and look good. They don't do nothing else. Look, look. They just shake their head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I look good. See? see? See my usher side? Doesn't look good. See my usher back? Doesn't it look good? Listen. If you got to just stand there and look good, do it. Give the little you can, and he'll provide all that you need. Amen. I'm not knocking the ushers, all right? They open the door every once in a while. Now, <laughs> listen. <laughs> Don't look at the little bit you have. Look what you can be a part of. I'm going to tell you something very simple. As a pastor for 15 years now, with no super formal training, which makes it easy for me, it's true. And you can ask any leader here in this church. The people that are all in, that are serving, are the people that are thriving in their life. It's that simple. It's very simple. The people who are all in, giving their all, are the ones that are thriving in their life. You take that little nugget and do whatever you want with it, but I, ex I, I exhort you to have wisdom and do it because you won't be disappointed. The first thing you see when a person's life falling apart is they start missing church. The exact opposite of what they should do. I'm running to your arms. I run into your arms. Not, I'm running from your arms. <laughs> like, Jesus is there on the cross with his arms wide open. We get in trouble. We run away from him. Like a dumb dog, you know? Here, I got food for you. Nope. <laughs> but think about how many of us do that. Think of how many of us are like lone rangers. We got the mask on. You know, we... The only person in life we know is Tonto. <laughs> you know where Lone Rangers end up in the end? Alone. Let me tell you something. Pastor John shared something at our men's meeting, which was very profound. And he said, you know, as you get older, sometimes you tend to have less friends. And the reason is because you start to think too much about people and you know too much about people. And you get offended a lot easier. You lost that childhood enthusiasm where you, you know. But you know what? It's not for those of us that are people of God. Right. As we get older, we get more friends. Right. Look around. Listen, if you don't have a lot of friends, look around. You got at least 350 right now. <laughs> Will you guys, are you guys all my friends? How many of you here are my friends? Raise your hand. I got friends all over the place. Why don't you raise your hand? Psalm 92, these, is, these are three of my most important, powerful, memorized, love me, lo scriptures that I love. Psalm 92, 12, 13, and 14. It's talking about someone who's planted in God's house. How many of you are in the house of the Lord today? Okay, God invited you over. Right now you're in the living room. Isn't it comfy? Later we're going to be downstairs in the, in the dining room. But you're in the, aren't these chairs comfortable? 
Amen. But you'll never fall asleep at Grace Church, will you? When you say to people, come to my church, and they go, oh, I always fall asleep at church, you go, not in this one. You won't. <laughs> Psalm 92, 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. I want you to see four quick things that will happen if you plant yourself in the house of the Lord. Number one, he shall grow. How many of you are growing in the Lord? See, to grow in God's family, you got to live in his house. <laughs> you know, we, we see our youth like being ushers and greeters and stuff, working in the cult, like going to camp and everything. How do you think that happened? You think teenagers just woke up one day and said, oh, I want to, hey, mom, I want to serve the Lord. <laughs> Daddy, I can't wait till we go to church. How many of you know that teenagers, you got to light up some TNT in their room to get them up? Yeah. Not the teens here. Right. They're here before you. Right. I'm hanging out with them in the morning. Let me get an amen over there. Yeah. Why? Because they come here every Friday, they worship together. We got a stage downstairs when they get their own worship thing going on. We got Pastor Kevin and Vera and Jamie and Todd and Marcy and Eddie and whoever else, Deborah Boxmeyer and all these other people volunteering to teach them the word. They're growing. You better watch out. They might just pass you up. You might go in the kitchen and your son might say, sit down, Dad. It's time to pray. <laughs> Think I'm kidding. That's called growing. Are you growing in the Lord? Number two, those who are playing the house of the Lord shall flourish. How many of you are flourishing? Wait, let's be honest. How many of you are flourishing? You're like a flower just flourishing. How many of you are flourishing? How many of you would people say of you, oh, they're flourishing? See, just because you think you're flourishing doesn't mean you are. The best judge of who you're, if you're flourishing or not is ask somebody that knows you really close. Right. Honey, am I flourishing? You're flourishing. I'm flourishing, see? Flourishing. <laughs> Flourish, man. You're called to flourish. You're called to every once in a while have a smile. Look at the person next to you and smile. You could change somebody's day with a smile. Oh, you better smile. I'm going to pick you out. Come on. See? When I go over to somebody, they go, you better smile. They go. <laughs> this is grace in your face, church, by the way. <laughs> they shall still bear fruit in old age. How many of you know somebody that as they got older, they got crankier? I didn't ask you how many of you are older and you got crankier. How many of you, how many of you know an old cranky person? Oh, Lord Jesus. Let me tell you something. There is nothing worse than an old cranky person. You ever been in the doctor's office and that old cranky person comes in and they try to get in front of you? You don't understand. I got pain. You don't know nothing about Sonny. <laughs> but, you know, people of God, as they get older, they get more joyful. They get gentler. They get nicer. Kinder. What else, honey? <laughs> She's telling me up here. You don't know, but there's preaching going on up here. They all preach at me. 
That's why I go, amen, because they're preaching to me. I'm going like, amen, and I'm trying to keep up with all this stuff going on. When they get older, because they're growing and because they're at the source, you know what I'm saying? They're at the source. They'll bear fruit in old age. In Psalm 1, it says that if, you're, if, if you stay by the, by the anointing, if you're, if you're planted, even when storms come, you'll always have a leaf on you. See, when you see the tree has no leaves, you know it's in trouble. But as long as there are leaves, you know there can be some fruit. And what is the fruit that you will produce as you grow in the Lord? It'll be love and peace and joy. You'll be a pleasure to be around. When you walk in a room, everyone won't leave. <laughs> they will be fresh. Everybody say fresh. And exciting. No, fresh. How many of you know what I'm doing there right there? Okay. You were in the 70s, 80s. Okay. Cooling the gang. To declare, so the first thing is you'll grow. The second thing is you'll flourish. The third thing is you'll bear fruit. The fourth thing is you'll declare the goodness of God. You see, as we grow, as we flourish, why do you think Grace Church is growing? Look around you. Pretty soon there'll be no more seats. You know why? Because people are growing here. People are flourishing here. And people are seeing that and saying, I want that. I want that. Whatever's making you smile, I want some of that. Amen? And you better be smiling when you're out there. Because people are interested in what God's doing in people's lives. They want to see what's happening. What, what's happening over at that church? What's going on over there? Why are you so dang happy? What's your prop? Because people are looking. They're really looking. They are. And if we could be a light shining on a hill, people will come to that light, and they are. They will grow, flourish, bear fruit, show the goodness of God. How many of you had the baptism last week? Come on now. How great was that? Being around brothers and sisters in the Lord, they, before they go in the water, standing up saying things like, I was abused my whole life, or I didn't have hope, or I came to this church and I was in the Sunday school and somebody taught me something that changed my life, or I was worshiping and I just felt the presence of God and it changed me forever. Man, last week was like nobody's business, I'm telling you right now, to see 30-something people get baptized and declare Jesus in my backyard. I wouldn't trade it for anything on earth. Last night, uh, they were setting up for downstairs, and we're going to be done soon because we're going to go fellowship. There's nothing I like more than fellowshipping. I love people. People are the greatest resource on earth. The potential in this room is so powerful that if we could tap it into it all, the building's roof would fly off. I'm telling you that right now. But last night, we have this events team. And, you know, we used to be that, you know, before we were pastors, we served in our church. And all of our pastors here know what I'm talking about. All of our, our deacons and leaders know what I'm talking about. Before you were a leader, whatever that means, you're still serving. But we used to do stuff like that. It was fun. Like you're, down, like you're setting things up for church. You know you're working for God, and you're with other people that have the same mind and same feeling. And there's just a joy. Like when Pastor John and Susan and the Robinsons were back there getting dressed in their outfits and looking at each other and like, oh, I can't believe we're going to really do this. You know what I mean? They loved it. 
Man, the first service, they didn't have all that mascara on and stuff. Dang. That was awesome. But last night, our events team, they were downstairs. And they were setting up chairs, and they were setting up tablecloths, and there was just a lightness in the room. And the Lord said to me, you see that? That's what I'm all about. People being around other people, serving me, giving what they have. Psalm 133 says, where brothers and sisters dwell in unity, there's an anointing that flows down. And it says that God commands a blessing right there. When we serve together, when we give what we have, God commands a blessing on it. There's nothing like it, people. What are you waiting for? The most important thing about church, number one, is to be is the people. And the second most important thing that God wants you to do in church is to meet Jesus. And we're going to finish with that right now. Let's turn to John chapter 1. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets wrote. We found Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of that place? And there will be people who come to church who have an opinion before they get here. Everybody say amen. amen. See, before Nathaniel even met Jesus, Philip came to him and said, listen, we found the Messiah. We found him. And Nathaniel said, what good could come out of there? What good could come out of there? And some people will say to you, say, come, come out to my church. I'm telling you, it's awesome. Come, meet, come, come, come hear our worship. Come meet our pastors and leaders. Come out to one of these groups. And they'll be like, I know all about church. I know what church is all about. They want my money. They want me to do something. Come on, say, say amen right now. Come on. They have a preconceived notion about what church is. Listen to me. Some of you just came here because you just came. Somebody said, look, don't take my word for it. Just come anyway. How many of you came to church because somebody said that? Listen, don't take my, you have some preconceived notions, but you're just like, okay, I'll try it. What do I got to lose? And that's what Nathaniel, he, here's what he says to Nathaniel. He says to him, very simple, come and see. Come and see for yourself. Listen, when you invite somebody to church and they start talking bad about churches and stuff like that, don't answer it. Just say, come and see. You know, like with the teens, you know, and they come out to youth group, they hear the word youth group. That's some Christian kids. <laughs> they don't have no fun. And you know what these kids say? Come and see if we don't have fun. Next thing you know, they're jumping off the roof here. No more jumping off the roof here. <laughs> I just threw that out because I know they're doing crazy stuff here. I don't know what it is, but, you know, or these college of career, you know, it's like, eh, yeah, I know about that church. Look, just come and see for yourself. Come and see. So he says to him, come and see. And what happens? Nathaniel comes, and Jesus sees him coming. And here's what he says to him. Behold, an Israelite in whom is no deceit. No deceit. That word deceit there means to be phony, to be fake. So what Jesus says is, hey, here's a guy that's real. 
He's the person that's real. How many of you think you're real? How many think you're real, you're down to earth, you're real about stuff? <laughs> Somebody over there went like this, hmm, maybe. <laughs> hmm, I'll have to get back to you on that one. What do you mean by real? <laughs> I mean authentic, genuine. What he was saying is, Jesus said, there's somebody that's authentic. He had an opinion about what it was, but he's coming to see for himself. Listen, don't come here unless you're real, because we're real here. We're not playing games here. We're not doing this because we're getting paid to do it. This is all volunteer work, people. We're doing it because we know the power of God, and we know that it will change your life if you'd be willing to come and see and come and meet Jesus. He's God. Come and meet God. Oh, but if I said the president was coming over my house, you'd be running over there. We're saying, come and meet God. You got something to do. Jesus said to him, listen, you're a real guy. Let me tell you something. When you were under the fig tree, I saw you there. Now, the word under the fig tree, the rabbis would say under the fig tree. You know what that means? That you're seeking God. You're meditating. You're praying. That's what under the fig tree means. So Nathaniel, before he met Jesus, was somewhere under a fig tree, and he was reading the scriptures, and he was... And, and listen, whenever a Jew would be under the fig tree praying, you know what he would never leave without saying? A prayer that he would meet the Messiah, that the Messiah would come. So he's under this tree praying that the Messiah would come, Next thing you know, Philip comes and says, we found the Messiah. Really? You know, people, they're, they're like praying, God, show me something. Give me a sign, Lord. Somebody comes to you, come down to church. Uh. Wait a minute, you just asked for it. Some of you have been praying for God to intervene in your life, and you're here, and you're complaining. Jesus says, you know what? I saw you where you were. The same thing with the widow. He saw her where she was. He made provision for it. This was all a setup. So Nathaniel's like, what? How did you see me? You are the son of God. How many of you have ever been in church and what the pastor was preaching, it sounded like God was speaking directly to you? Like you felt heat on you. Like today. Did you ever go to a church service and you're like, who told them? How did they know? Who told that piss? Somebody told them. Somebody told them. Jesus says to him, listen, because I saw you under the fig tree, you believe, you're excited. Let me tell you something. You'll see greater things than these. You ain't seen nothing yet. No, 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 baby, 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 you ain't seen nothing yet. Here's something, here's something, here's something you're never going to forget, baby. You ain't seen nothing yet. Because you ain't been around. Stay around this church and you'll see more, and you'll see more, and you'll see more, and you'll see more, and you'll see more. Because you ain't seen nothing yet. Can I be on the worship team? <laughs> you see that? 
See that? He wants to meet you here today. Let's pray right now. I told you. told you it was going to be quick and to the point. But I want to make sure that everyone here knows Jesus before we get something to eat. You know why? Because <laughs> we can all fellowship in the same thing. That we know Jesus. Or that I came here today, I didn't know him, but now I do. Yes, amen. Or that I was halfway in, but now I'm going all the way in. Like the widow, I'm not just getting water. I'm making my last cake and bringing it to God. Everything that I have, no matter what I have or where I am or what time of life it is, let me tell you something, you're never too old. I like to say you're never too young. I was 40 years old, broke, when God called me to start this church. I was 40 years old when I didn't have a job, and I got the greatest job of my life. God doesn't love you any less than he loves me. We're all his favorites. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what you have. Right now, you can come to God, and your life could be changed this day. How many of you thinking right now, maybe I'm ready to jump in? You do it by praying the Word of God. That's what I did 28 years ago, and here I am. I can promise you it'll be an adventure that you'll never forget because you're going to live it for eternity. So if you would say this prayer with me, because our words are spirit and they are life. When you speak or when I speak, you don't see anything coming out of my mouth, but you know that what I say and what you say is powerful. Why? Because there's things you've said that you wish you could have taken back. That's how powerful words are. So when you speak God's word, Jesus said, my words, not only are they spirit, but they actually are life. They make dead things alive again. And some of us here are dead to God, but we're about to be awakened and and made alive to him by speaking this prayer. So if you would bow your head, close your eyes out of respect to God and say this prayer with me. Say, Father, I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross for my sins. Three days later, you raised him from the dead so I could have a new life. His blood was shed for me. I'm forgiven because he was forsaken. But I receive him into my heart now. By faith. Amen. Everybody close your eyes, bow your head right now out of respect. If you said that prayer for the first time and you want to make sure that you're going to spend eternity in heaven, Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father. If you said that prayer and you meant it in your heart, you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to raise your hand right now. If you said it for the first time and you want to receive Jesus, Is there anybody else? There's hands up across this room right now. All right, you can put the hands down. Every one of you that raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to do something bold. I'm going to ask you to stand up right where you are right now. Stand up. Do it. You can do it. Now come forward, come forward, come forward, come forward. 
Come on. Don't walk. Run. Don't walk. Run. Just face me. That's it. Just face me. Now can we hear a shout? 